You're listening to Give and Go Vikes with Liam and Tyler, supported by the UVic Alumni Association. and welcome to Give and Go Vikes. My name is Tyler and I'm joined by the incomparable Liam McDonough. This is the show that brings you Vikes content, food content, and the content you didn't think you needed, but you get in it anyways. Today on the show, we have a couple of ringers joining us, Anna Mollenhauer and Ashton Amon from the Vikes women's field hockey team. These two were front and center when the Vikes took home the U Sports National Championship here on home turf last fall. Both of these student athletes excel as Ashton is involved in Varsity Council and, and Anna was the co-recipient of the Vikes Female Athlete of the Year and was also recognized this past year as a U-Sports Top 8 Academic All-Canadian. This episode, we had Ashton Amon and Anna Mollenhauer from the women's field hockey team taking us down a little bit of memory lane talking about this past season. Tyler, what are some things that stood out for you in this episode? These were two big-time players on a back-to-back national championship teams. Obviously, they won it two years ago, and then they defended their title here at home, and both played significant roles in both championships. So these were two big-time guests, and it was great. We talked a lot about the second championship they recently won, and crazy to believe that Anna Mollenhauer won the U-Sports Championship MVP with a broken foot. Like, are you kidding me? I can't believe it. I think when adrenaline kicks in like that, you just forget the injuries that you're dealing with. We see it a lot of times in major sport, but it's cool when you can kind of see it closer to home and you're like speaking with those athletes and understanding what was going through their brain. It was really neat. I think something else that's neat as well is Anna typically plays in the back line playing defense, but it doesn't stop her from coming up and putting goals in the back of the net. I don't know how rare that is for a field hockey player. It kind of works in the same way that ice hockey does. Maybe the clappers from the blue line. I think it's a little bit different on the field hockey pitch, but she does a good job putting the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, she's like the Sheldon Surrey out there. She's got the bomb from the point. But I think it is a little bit more rare in field hockey to have as much offense that she produces coming from the back than in ice hockey. That must come from uh, her background playing center mid in uh, her earlier days, I think. Really gaining some good experience up front and then in the back line too. Yeah, and we talked a little bit about it. I was a little nervous heading in because I know anytime Anna does anything great, it's always closely tied into the fact that her mom was a fantastic field hockey player for Canada and for UVic. But she seems very proud of the fact that she comes from a field hockey family and obviously her mom helped her out a bunch and helped develop those offensive and defensive skills. So I'm just curious, Liam, we could, this could be the first case of a mother-daughter combo in the UVic Bikes Sports Hall of Fame. What do you think about that? I think it's going to happen. I think it's already on the track for this mother-daughter duo. Neither of them sits in the other spotlight. They clearly have their own spotlights on each other. They're on themselves. And I think that's really cool. So let's skip right to it and hear more from Anna and Ashton in this episode of Give and Go Vikes. the show Ashton and Anna how are we doing today we're doing really good thanks yeah doing well good well thank you guys for doing this with us so we're going to start off a little bit by recapping a couple great years for the Vikes field hockey program so back-to-back national championships one of which you guys won at home national youth sports recognition and only one loss in the last two years for you guys' team so it's incredibly impressive and oftentimes we feel it flies a little bit under the radar with the bikes so we really want to highlight that so what are some things that you guys have done as a team to keep yourselves ahead of the competition i think one of the things that really makes us stand out as a team is that we're really all good friends so we all click together really well on and off the field which is very helpful and there's a lot of us that have played together for quite some time so we're all good and together and what do you yeah, have to say like, about the leadership of the team well i think to build on what ashton said um one of the things about our team is we organize stuff like by ourselves outside of the training environment outside of the practice and game environment so we have like team movie nights team dinners stuff like that and i think all the bonding that we do off the field enhances our game on the field and allows us to have those close connections and helps us execute when it comes to game time. 
Having those relationships off the field, do you find it makes it easier to hold your teammates accountable or be honest and candid if there's something that you guys need to improve on as a team? Yeah, I think that just having the trust between your teammates is essential and important for success. And it does allow us to be accountable and push each other to be our best within our training environment and when we're playing as well. Cool. So let's talk a little bit more about that team culture. So Kat Leahy went into detail about how Buzz and Krista have created this amazing culture for you guys as student athletes. Can you tell us how that reflects into your pregame meetings? What do you guys do pregame? Yeah, so this year our theme was actually like DNA. So Buzz and Krista did a really good job of reaching out to all the alumni and bringing them back into the program. And we did basically every before every game we have like pats groups i'm pretty sure kat talked a little bit about that so it's like in our little groups we do like a dance or something to do with our theme so we do that and then also buzz and krista always have buzz dresses up in funny costumes sometimes and is like depending on the theme whatever she decides we had like last year she would do a secret agent so she would dress up as a secret agent and kind of come in the room and do like little talks and funny things to kind of get almost get our mind off of the game and more into like having fun and all those things. So every year has been different, but it's definitely something that I really enjoy. And they always give us little gifts, like something to do with the theme different every week. So it's really cool that they do that. And I think it really helps us loosen up the nerves and um, really get into the game. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about these dances. How much time goes into preparing for these pregame dances? Is it more than what you guys would watch in video room, like hours wise? Because it would take me a long time to nail down a dance. No. <laughs> we basically meet the morning of. Like, if we have like a nine o'clock meeting, like our past groups will come in at eight o'clock or eight thirty, and we'll just kind of randomly make something up. Anna and I have been the group together for the past two years, and we've done dances, we've done like raps, songs clapping rhythms anything it's so random and every group comes up with something different so it's really fun and anything you want to add to that no no there's not really much to add but like ashton was kind of saying um it kind of helps us get our minds off of like not off the task ahead but just kind of helps take away the nerves and brings that fun aspect into the game it shows that there's a pretty cool set of coaches that they're willing to put themselves at the expense of the team, kind of like dressing up in funny costumes just to do that for you guys. Yeah, it's it's pretty fun. I've never heard of a, a coach at any level getting into character and getting into costume before a big game. That's I think that is absolutely amazing. What about post-game, though? What do you guys do after the game to de- debrief as a team once everything's finished? We kind of just have, like, wrap-up meetings on the field. We talk briefly after that. Um, and then we always do a cool-down and have an ice bath and just kind of do that as a team so we're all together, which I think is really important after wins and losses that we stay together and don't kind of go off by ourselves. We always get time to talk to our parents and see our friends and supporters, which is really nice when we're at home. But then we make a conscious effort to cool-down as a group and then Buzz and Krista will often talk to us after the completion of our cool down and just kind of wrap it all up there. And then we're kind of free to go ourselves. And then it kind of depends, like when we're on the road, we have meetings every night and like in the afternoon after our games. But when we're at home, we're just kind of, we go home and get to spend the afternoons and evenings with our families, which is really nice. I think one of the cool things that we always do is that we Buzz and Krista always do three claps. So Mm -hmm. after every practice, every game, anything, it's like, okay, three claps. And we do three claps and that's kind of just our wrap up. So like, what's like, okay, we're done for this practice or this game. And it's like, we're on to the next thing almost. So I think Mm -hmm. that's for us is like a wrap up for whatever we do is the three claps. Cool. That's awesome. I know Liam and I are big fans of the women's field hockey team tunes. We were curious who puts those mixes together and are we able to recommend a couple of songs for the, the next mix? I think we're going to have to give a shout out to Justine on that. Her and, and Aaron, they both mm-hmm. usually do the music together and they do a pretty good job. They like to mix it up and usually change it up, but I don't know the specifics of the songs. Yeah, so I guess if if Justine is yeah, she's graduated now, so she's passed the reins on to Aaron to handle the tunes. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, Tyler, if you ever want the mix, I was actually sent it and I have it on my computer and you could just I could fire it over to you if you'd like it. 
I was thinking we could get a little more Riri in there. I love some Rihanna. Some Rihanna. I would um, advocate for some more Pitbull in there as well. Yeah, Pitbull's a good one. There we go. A little bit of Latin. What are some songs that you guys want to add to the next mix to get you fired up? Honestly, I kind of like the ones that we have now. I just like ones that we can all sing along to because, yeah, I can't think of any, like, specific ones to add. Mm-hmm. I kind of just leave the music to, like, Justine and Aaron because they always do a really good job, so we trust them with with what they do. It's cool. The culture that you guys have pregame seems like it's a family-style culture and you're all rallying together. When some teams, you can see them, like, full-on game faces, you guys are having a great time, like, warming up together and running around. And I think that definitely translates into the way that you approach the game because as soon as the whistle blows it's like you flip the switch and you guys are all game mode yeah we like to do pre-game like fun games too sometimes we play like ninja i don't know Mm -hmm. if you know what that is but and then we also play this game called bang and it's like basically there's someone in the middle and they like you have to like duck and shoot your partner and like it's just a fun game that's kind of they've played for a long time so it's nice to kind of keep on the tradition and also we uh usually do a dance to the song fireball Oh, yeah. Nice. There we go. That's definitely one of the traditions that we do that has been carried down for definitely a few years. So So let's recap the championship weekend at home this past year. But first, it seems odd, but there was a long championship drought for the Vikes in women's field hockey before you guys won last year. So was there a bit of pressure trying to break that nine-year drought when you guys were going on a roll? I don't think there was a sense of pressure. Obviously the national championships and being able to compete in them is a huge honor and a great accomplishment, but, and obviously we want to be successful in everything that we do, but I, I never really felt like immense pressure. Like you have to get to nationals. You have mm-hmm. to win the national championships. I think Buzz and Krista want us to do our best and put in and put in hard work. And so like in first year, we didn't make it to national championships. We lost to UBC and they weren't like super negative and hard on us. They were proud of all the work that we had put in. And I think that's, they're happy with our efforts. These past two years, our efforts have got us to the national championships. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious, was there any influence? I know there's a lot of alumni around the program. We talked with Kathleen Leahy a while ago. and She mentioned that she went her whole career without winning a national championship and she was around the program. So when it came down to playoff time, was a lot. were there a lot of alumni reaching out to you, like wishing you guys good luck, you know, hoping that you brought it home this year for the first time in a long time, anything like that? Definitely, yeah. One of the things that one of the past groups did this year is they kind of reached out to a lot of the alumni through email and asked to um, for them to send us a little video, like wishing us good luck and about their experiences. And so um, we got that before, I think, our last game for UBC. And that was really cool because it just shows how big of a family that we really have and all the supporters backing us, whether they're here or they're watching or listening from other places. So I think that's really big for us is that we have a lot of alumni support. So it's kind of crazy how it works in field hockey, but you guys only found out a week before that you'd be hosting at home. Obviously, you knew that if you guys were going to make it to the championship, it was going to be hosted in the West this year. But uh, was it a little bit wild for you guys to when it officially was set in stone that you guys would be playing in front of a home crowd? Yeah. It was definitely like something I've always wanted to do. Like I've been living on the island my whole life and it was just, I've always wanted to play at a university level. And I think one thing was winning away, but winning at home and even being able to play at home was just like a whole nother level. It was so amazing. And all of our friends and family and like all the other varsity teams and stuff came to support. So that was just so big because we had such a big crowd there. I remember that first game on the Saturday. It was packed. I don't think I've seen it that busy at a field hockey game ever in my life. And I grew up in Victoria, coming past the field hockey pitch all the time. Yeah, it was pretty – the crowd was really good both days, but Saturday especially. It was, I think, the busiest I've seen it at UVic, at least for Vikes maybe playing, mm-hmm. um, which was really cool. It was, it was like people on the yeah. street there and, like, outside, outside the fence looking in. Like, it was pretty much – other than where the benches are on the street side, there's pretty much everyone around the whole place uh, had to get a peek of it. It was pretty awesome. Yeah. I also wanted to just throw in quickly that Liam and Larissa did a great job planning the event because they only had a week to prepare for a national championship. So great work, Liam. It was yeah, fun. Thanks, it, Liam. <laughs> it overlapped with um, soccer. So, you know, it was a lot of stuff going on at a, a good time. And I think it was No, no, it really overlapped exciting. with rowing. We owe you guys a ton because if you guys would have lost game two and would have went to game three, Everyone would have had to be in two different places for game three at the field hockey. 
and then up at Elk Lake for the rowing championship. So thank you for taking care of business. Yeah, that was a little behind the scenes that you guys probably didn't know, but we were like, okay, just finish it in two. There's no way this has to go to three. So uh, when you guys got that early, we'll talk about it a bit later, but when you got that early lead in the second game, we are like, okay, this, this feels pretty good. So, yeah. yeah. So about the championship, other than the fact that Guelph was the alma mater for our boss, Melissa Keel, what did you know about the Griffins coming into the national championship? I don't think we knew a whole lot about them. It was kind of, um, they play on a different turf than us too. So they play on rubber-based turf, which is very, very different than water-based. It doesn't seem like it would be, but it's way bouncier and it's like a different game that you play. So they play, I felt like we thought they'd play a bit more of a hit and run game because that's what you do on rubber-based more often. So we really, like we'd never seen them play. We knew a couple of the girls from like previous, they played with us in like Vancouver or Victoria or different places um, when we were younger. But many of the girls, we just really didn't know, and we weren't really sure what to expect, I think. Yeah, like Ashton was kind of saying, we knew a couple of the girls, and one of their forwards actually won U Sports Player of the Year. That's kind of who I knew the most about. And yeah, they play a completely different style of hockey than we play. So it was kind of hard to judge how they were going to come out because the game is so different between water and rubber. But we knew that they were strong and going to be aggressive because all the OUA teams are super aggressive. So we were just, it's kind of nice how we get two games to kind of get the lay of the land for the second game, see how the first game goes. But we just kind of were coming in with an open mind and ready to give our best effort for whatever they threw at us. This is a little bit of a tangent off that. So for those who don't know, you guys always head down to the Boston area for a little preseason tournament, most years, I believe. Has there ever been talk about stopping up through the OUA in, the, in Ontario, playing a couple of teams out there, maybe to just get some familiarity with a couple of those programs, or is it strictly just a Boston trip? I think we usually just do Boston. It's a good team bonding experience, too. Like We get to play like the Yale, the Harvard, different teams. Like We played Brown and Dartmouth. And that's like a really good experience for us to learn how to play together. I think it's more of a bonding trip than a let's see what other teams are like trip because it's really fun. We spend most of our time going through the Boston or doing tours of Harvard and Yale. And feel lucky obviously is an important part of it. But I think the team bonding is one of the most important parts for that preseason trip. <laughs> Anna, do you have a favorite campus down there that you guys have checked out? Well, we've only been to Harvard and Yale, and they're both, like, oh. absolutely beautiful campuses. Yale's very, very nice, but we the, the sports complex is far away from the main campus. Okay. But Harvard is a very, very, very nice campus, and it's right along the river. Like, the field goes right along the river, which is really cool. Um, and it's just so close to downtown Boston, so I'd probably choose Harvard over Yale. Are campuses. those um, rubber-based turfs or uh, water-based they're both water-based turfs. Both water-based. Okay, I see. Cool. Back to the championship for now. Game one, you guys come out very strong, and I believe you guys scored on the first shot of the game. You end up cruising to a 3 nothing victory. Just curious what the energy was like in the locker room after that victory, knowing that you were one win away from another national championship. Yeah, it was pretty amazing. Definitely one of the coolest experiences is just being with the team and how excited everyone gets. And it's like, I think we were still very focused um, after that victory because we knew we still had to do another one and every game is a different game. So we won the first game three, nothing, but that doesn't mean that the next game is going to be even close to three, nothing. It could be zero, zero. Like there's, you just never know what they're going to come out and what we're going to come out with the next game. So I think we were still really focused and had lots of energy for the next day, but we were also really excited knowing that we were only one win away. So just wondering, so I know, Anna, you mentioned that with the first game, you guys didn't know a ton about that team. So after you'd played a game against them, what kind of adjustments did you guys need to make as a team to kind of play stronger in that second game? Not that you played poorly at all in the first, but just to do even better in the second. I'm not sure we actually made too, too many adjustments. I'm trying to think of back to November, what exactly we did. I think, honestly, I don't really know. I think it was just, we got all the nerves out, which was really helpful because then we could play more relaxed and play more of our game. So I think we emphasize playing more of our game in the field hockey that we want to play rather than adjusting to how to defend against them. Mm -hmm. So I think there was also um, an issue with Guelph getting into town, if I'm remembering this, because I, I remember they had to practice super late the night before the tournament. So maybe you guys are talking about how they'd be 
a little bit, even though it was after one game, a little bit more rested, a little bit more adjusted to the time zone and whatnot. So Yeah, I think they came in and they went to the banquet and then they had practice and then we played again like the next yes. day. So we were expecting them to come out hard, like, especially after a loss. Like we always come out extra hard and I think every team comes out extra hard. So we were expecting that and waiting for that. And I think we were we were prepared and we did a good job being the same energy or higher energy that they were too. Cause we always, I think our team does a really good job of coming out right off the bat and being aggressive and right into the game, like not waiting. So game two, speaking of that, you guys came off the bat very aggressive. You said that the OUA teams in theory tend to be the um, more aggressors, but after the first quarter, you guys were up three, nothing. Anna, you put in two goals and Ashton, you put in one yourself. So from there, did the strategy change a little bit to you guys playing more of a defensive game? I don't think so. No, like um, we were just kind of were playing free and playing to have fun. Um, obviously, we wanted to conserve the lead, but that didn't mean to sit back and let them come at us. Mm-hmm. Um, we still wanted to keep the same pressure on them, continue to press them, and just continue to try and find opportunities in the circle. So I don't think, obviously, we had to be cautious of giving them too many opportunities, but I think we just we had the same mindset and just wanted to keep attacking and creating opportunities. Yeah, I think one of the things that Buzz and Krista really want us to do is just always play our game. So no matter mm-hmm. if we're winning or we're losing or whatever it is, they want us to play our game that they know that we play best. So I think that was really important as well for finishing the whole game is to play our game the whole time. At the end of the, the first quarter, even though we were up 3 nothing, they wanted us to treat it like it was a 0-0 game. So we tried to do that and tried not to sit back and let them come at us. Just kept tried to keep the same mindset and treat it like we were tied. You also had a great player behind you guys backing you up, Robin Fleming. Just to speak about how clutch and how amazing she played the whole season. She had a pretty severe surgery, if I remember. I think she had her tonsils removed before the season started. And her then appendix. Appendix. The appendix, yes. And then turned around and she was one of the players of the two games in the championships. How great of a job did she do for you guys? It's amazing some of the saves she makes. Like even in practice, we're just like goofing around and we just like take crazy shots at her and she just saves it and it looks like she's not even trying. It's it's so amazing. I think if I was back there, I'd just duck and try to get out of the way of the ball because it's, it's a pretty hard ball. But yeah, she's just the best. We would not be the team we are without her and she just really, in every aspect, is just an amazing goalie and everything. Yeah, we no. don't know what we would do without her. <laughs> we can't say enough good things about her. Now, after you guys finished celebrating your championship, what was the next couple of weeks like? Did you have a chance to lay low before you got into the off-season indoor part of your training schedule? Or what was the off-season like for you guys? Well, we were actually both injured for our off-season. Um, uh, I was going to ask you about that coming up. Yeah, you were yeah. playing on a broken foot, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> I don't How do you pull that off? Honestly, with the adrenaline, I didn't really feel it that much until after the games um, and just tried not to think about it. Occasionally it would hurt, but I just, that was like on the back burner. I was just focused on the task at hand. And it was, it was just the adrenaline kind of made me forget about that I had a sore foot. So. Ashton, what injury were you dealing with? Well, I actually broke my um, big toe, but it wasn't until January. So I got a couple weeks of indoor in at the end of December. And then in our first tournament, I got hit in the toe and I didn't really think anything of it. And it was like the same, like adrenaline. I was just playing. And then after the game, I was like, okay, this is kind of sore. Like, I'm not really sure. I couldn't really walk properly, but I was like, oh, like, it'll be fine. So I ended up playing the rest of that day. And then I got home and my toe, like, I couldn't even walk. So then I was in a walking boot for... 11 weeks, I think, after that, so, which ended up being right until the end of the season. Yeah, you guys are both walking around in boots then around the same time. (laughs) Yeah, it was kind of funny, too, because we have most of the same classes, so we would walk into class together, both of us wearing the walking boot on the same foot. I'm pretty sure a lot of people gave us some funny looks while we were walking around campus. (laughs) That's pretty funny, actually. (laughs) The odds of that are so low. It's just weird. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about individual achievements and performance, starting with you, Ashton. So, Originally from Duncan, BC, which seems to produce a a lot of really good field hockey players that are playing all over Canada now. So when did you start getting recruited to come to UVic and play field hockey for the bikes? Yeah, so it was in grade 11. I got an email from Buzz and I kind of always knew I wanted to go to UVic because I just liked the campus and I liked everything about it. But 
field hockey wasn't always my number one sport. So I wasn't exactly sure where I would kind of fit in with everyone who knew it was a number one sport from a really young age. So when it was grade 11, I kind of decided, I was like, yeah, this is what I really like to do. I want to go to university with this. And then when I got the email from Buzz and Krista, I kind of went for a tour and I basically committed September of grade 12. So I knew for a really long time that that's where I wanted to go. And I was really excited to come there. Do you think they should make a jumbo field hockey stick up in Duncan to go with a massive ice hockey stick? Yeah, I think that would look pretty good. Maybe we should um, put it on our turf instead of the rink, though. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. (laughs) Ashton, we're just wondering, so you said that field hockey wasn't always your number one sport. Just curious, now in your third year, how have you seen your game grow from now going back until grade 11? grown so much. I think Krista, like I had her as a provincial coach in grade 11 and 12 and she really pushed me to be, she put me in a completely different position like in high school and basically from grade 8 to grade 11 I played defense and I was always a defender and then at nationals in grade 11 Krista just decided that it would be a good idea to put me forward and I scored a few goals and I I enjoyed it so then she was like okay that's just your position from now on so just get used to it because that's where you're going to be playing at UVic and I really I enjoy it now so much like I can't imagine playing defense anymore because I just love the thrill of being up front and trying to score lots of goals at least and all that kind of stuff so yeah it was definitely I've definitely grown so much especially playing with so many different people and different athletes that are just amazing for those that don't know Anna you're a stellar defender could you ever see yourself making jump like Ashton did and playing up front well, actually, in the summer, I was put up front on a couple occasions and can't say I was a huge fan of it. Um, Why not? I don't know. I, I just I really like defending and obviously the forward line is the first line of defense, but I just like being able to be in our own circle, defending our own circle and then having an opportunity to attack. Yeah, I just outside of UVic, I usually midfield. I don't actually play defense that much outside of UVic. And that's, I really like playing in the mid because you get kind of the best of both worlds. You get to attack and defend. So, yeah, I can't say I would like to play forward anytime soon, but you never know. <laughs> playing defense this year for you didn't hold you back from scoring any goals, though. You managed to get some of the back of the net, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ashton, you said that Krista saw, she saw something in you, moved you up to forward, and you scored a couple goals. That continued in your career at UVic. You have a knack for scoring big goals. You mentioned the one you got in the eSports Championship earlier. You also scored the conference clinching goal against UBC to earn the team's 19th conference title. Which goal was more exciting, or is there a third option that we haven't brought up that's your favorite goal you scored with the Vikes? No, definitely my favorite goal was the one against UBC to win the Canada West. It was almost like a blur. I just saw, like, Judy just passed me the ball, and I just kind of turned, and I saw the goalie's feet open, and I just went for it, and it worked out, but... It was just like such a good feeling and crazy feeling knowing that that could be the goal and ended up being the goal to win and send us to nationals. So it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I think that's a great choice. I love that you saw five hole and wanted to go five hole too. I think that's like that's a cool way to go out. Yeah. Ashton, something you're also involved in is the varsity council, like we mentioned before. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what you do and why is it important for you to be involved with the council? Yeah, I've always liked doing stuff like that. I was part of my high school like um, athletic council and everything, and I just think it's really fun to diff- do different activities to try and bring all of the athletes together. We didn't really get to do as much this year because of COVID, but we did a couple of fun activities throughout the year, and I think it's just important to have a group of all the different athletes like making their own decisions, so it's not just each sport kind of doing their own thing. It's nice to have everyone together as a whole. Yeah, some of the things that Varsity Council does are really impactful in the community as well. And it's really cool to see how you can get combinations from all these different sports come together and pull something off like that. Mm -hmm, Definitely. And I want to talk about your success with the program. But uh, first off, you grew up in a field hockey family. Mm -hmm. Your mom, it's very well known that she was a very successful bike and then went on to play in the Olympics too. So what was it like Mm -hmm. having your mom as a resource to teach you about the game? From a young age and still, my mom has taught me like almost everything I know other than obviously my coaches but she's been like and my dad too but my mom has probably played the biggest role in like shaping the player that I am and the person that I am um and it was just it was a lot of fun growing up we would always set up obstacle courses in the backyard and I would play different shooting games just kind of 
I grew up in a very field hockey focused family, which was a lot of fun because my sister played as well. So every Sunday growing up, I would pretty much spend at the field hockey field between my sister's games and my games. And I wouldn't have wanted it any other way because it was a lot of fun. So you've been a familiar face out on the turf since you were really little then, hey? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's funny to think. And look at you now, playing on the national team, following your mom's footsteps. It's got to be a pretty cool feeling. So congratulations on that. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> so your first year, you won Canada West Rookie of the Year and had a fantastic season. Was there much adjustment for you to playing at the high school level versus the university level? Yeah, obviously the intensity is significantly higher with high school you play against teams who usually have a couple core players and the rest are just kind of recreational players. Um, whereas when you reach the university level, everyone is like, it's the top players in all the high school teams and even girls from outside of the province. So obviously the intensity and the pace of the game is significantly higher. I also went from playing center mid at school to playing when I was out on left defense in first year. So that was a bit of an adjustment, but my teammates made and coaches made the adjustment and transition like seamless so um, I give a lot of credit to them for my personal success in first year and also just the easy transition it was straight out of high school. Mm -hmm. So if you played left defense does that mean you have a pretty good tomahawk is that right? Is that how that works? Well the tomahawk is my favorite skill probably to do in the whole game um, which is tends to be why I do it more than forehand hitting so Mm -hmm. I guess being on the left has taught me to do that quite a bit, yeah. I think I've Tyler and I both have picked up a lot more about field hockey this season. And oh, when, yeah, we, when, we're, like, when we're able to put the pieces together and understand more about the game, it's such a cool feeling. Because like, if you asked me a year ago why uh, it's an advantage for somebody playing the left-hand side, I would have no idea. Mm-hmm. But now I know it's like, oh, because you can obviously have probably a pretty good tomahawk on that side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Liam's lefty. He's got a killer tomahawk too. I've seen it. I haven't tried it out. You're you're pumping my tires before they're even like slightly inflated at all. <laughs> this won't be published for at least a month and a half, so you got time to get out there on the turf. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to get on the turf, but I'll I'll find I'll find a grass field and just start whacking a ball. Yeah. Yeah. So year two, Anna, you cleaned up in both the team and individual award categories. You won Canada West and U Sports gold medal, like we mentioned. Canada West and U Sports Player of the Year, and you were nominee for the UVic Female Athlete of the Year. What sparked the jump from the first year to the second year? Was it spending more hours on your game in the off season, or did you feel more comfortable in the bike season, or is there something else? I think it was kind of a combination of both. The summer after first year going into second year is when I spent a lot of time with the Canadian Junior National Team, and I think it was then where I had the opportunity to advance my technical and tactical skills, which I could then bring into my Vikes game. And I think I just started to gain more confidence, felt more comfortable in the position that I was playing at UVic, which and was supported by all my teammates and had obviously Robin behind me, which is always a nice, a nice thing to have. And I think I was just kind of given freedom to what I wanted to do. Obviously, I can't spend the whole time in the opponent's circle, but Buzz and Krista allowed me to go forward and play forward a bit and up the field. So I think that that really was impactful in my second year game. We also know that you were faced with a pretty big decision last summer, either to come back with the Vikes or to train with the national team. Can you explain what went into that decision and why did you choose coming back to play with the Vikes? Well... A lot went into that decision. It's probably one of the hardest decisions I've ever had to make. I knew that I couldn't really go wrong with either that I chose. But um, one thing that Buzz told me in first year, which is kind of something that has resonated with me and something that I kind of live by is follow your heart rather than your head and play with your heart instead of your head. And that was kind of, my heart was kind of telling me to stay. Obviously, some may have thought that it was the wrong decision to stay here, but ultimately it was, I was mentally, emotionally, and physically drained after um, last summer. And so I think my heart was telling me to stay here um, and I couldn't have been more happy with my teammates and my season and our season. So ultimately it it was. Yeah, picture perfect outcome for you, I'd say. It's nice that you can make such a difficult decision and then have it play out perfectly in the end. 
Yeah, it was really great. It was also nice having like the support of my teammates and coaches either way that I chose to do, but it turned out better than I imagined. So this last year, you guys cleaned up with another championship, obviously, and you were named championship MVP. Another big year with more accolades. You won female athlete of the year honors for the Vikes, and then you were recognized as a U Sports top eight academic All-Canadian. How much room do you have left in your trophy case? Is there any more space in there for any more awards? Uh, no, maybe some more team stuff, some more national championships. Some maybe more team jerseys future. and stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so speaking of playing on teams, you played for Team Canada, uh, the senior national debut against Scotland. And since then, you've had the opportunities to wear red and white on numerous occasions. So what are your goals for training and competing at the national level? Well, ever since I was little, the Olympics have been my dream any Actually, any multi-sport event had been my dream ever since I was little, and I had the very fortunate opportunity to get that experience last summer. But I kind of just, ultimately, the Olympics are my dream. I, It's difficult for field hockey and the Olympics, but it's something that this the group of the Canadian women's national team is the most hardworking and passionate group I've ever worked with. So in terms of my future, Right now, it's kind of uncertain with COVID and everything, but I'll hopefully stay in good health and have more opportunities come my way to train and play with them. So yeah, just kind of all up in the air right now, but mm-hmm. hopefully we'll get we'll be able to get back out training soon. It seems like the national program is on the upswing. I know that this past year they had one of their best finishes in Olympic qualifying since the 90s. Mm-hmm. So I can only imagine that with more growth and more experience come will come more of those opportunities. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> All right, Tyler, uh, we got a game. So what what's the game we're playing here? We're going to end this off with a fun game, a timeless classic. Uh, we're not talking about Monopoly, Crib, or Crokinole. Liam, you'd like to know I'm the Tony Allen of Crokinole around here. I'm talking about Would You Rather. Liam and I have prepped some tough ones for you, both answer, none of which have anything to do with field hockey. Are you ready to play? Yep. Crokinole. What is Crokinole before we start? I've never heard of this game. It's really tough to explain on here. I probably should have thrown it in. But it's basically you're flicking these checker pieces and trying to get into the center and you're trying to knock off. It's an, it's an old school game. It's what like 70-year-olds play and I just can't get enough of it. You're a big fan. Okay. Well, let's, yeah. let's skip the Crokinole for next time and let's lead it off. What's yeah. the first would you rather hear, Tyler? Yeah, let's play something from this century. So, would you rather be a Ninja Turtle or a Power Ranger? I think I'd have to be a Power Ranger. Okay, what color? Probably blue. Well, well done. Good choice. Anna, what about you? Probably Power Ranger as well. I'm not super familiar with Power Rangers or Ninja Turtles, but Power Rangers, I would probably choose. I think both Tyler and I, I feel like we're both leaning towards the Ninja Turtle route. Am I right, Tyler? I'm on Absolutely. the Ninja Turtle. They I'm on the Ninja Turtle. All day, every right day. Now. Yeah, they eat pizza. They ride skateboards. They got like nunchucks. And I don't know. They seem those, like they have a great time. Are the Power Ranger leather suits not, would they not be super hot in like the summertime? Yeah, I didn't even factor that in. That's a good point. I think so they, they look cool. They well, do look cool. get cold in the winter. That is true. They live in a sewer. There's down. There's definite downsides to being a turtle. Like living in the sewer for ninja turtles is not fun. That's gross. And having a friend for a rat is like, is the rat their friend or is he their boss? I'm not too sure what the whole deal with Splinter is. He's their mentor. He's not their boss. He's their mentor? Yes. Yeah, but it's a rat though. I mean, I don't know if I'd be cool with that. Okay. uh, Question number two. Tyler gave me a lot of slack for this question before. Um, Would you rather be a tree or have to live in a tree for the rest of your life? I would have to live in a tree. It'd be kind of cool. Yeah, you'd be it the person be cool. in a tree house. Yeah, it's like a lifetime of tree house. Anna, what do you think? Yeah, I would live in a tree as well, because being a tree, you don't really do much. So <laughs> I would pick to live in a tree. <laughs> I feel like you guys are also ripping on me for this question. Rightfully so, though. <laughs> it's a bit yeah. of a weird one. <laughs> Liam, what are you? are you a tree or are you a tree man? What is it? I'd live in a tree. Everybody would be down to come hang out with you because you have a place that's completely different than everybody else's. And then you could still just enjoy the the perks of life from your tree. But you got no plumbing up there. How are you going to shower? Rain. Okay. Yeah, rain. That's it. 
I think I just because I hate this question, I'm gonna say I want to be a tree. I'm gonna be one of those giant California redwoods that live to be like 300 years old or go back to like before the Civil War and stuff like that. That way, people then you're like almost like a monument. Like, oh wow, look at these this tall and you, there's California redwoods that you can like drive through and stuff. I've driven through one with my parents. They're they're pretty cool for about as cool as a tree I could get, I guess. <laughs> Trees are cool, people. Trees are cool, but I, I don't think I could stay still for 300 years. That would drive me nuts. Yeah, I'd probably want to move around. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I've done one of the two of these. I'll let you guess which one of the two I've done. But would you rather go skydiving or bull riding? I would go skydiving. I really, it's something I really want to do, but I'm kind of chicken. So I haven't done it yet, but I think in my older age, I'll get to it one day. Nice. Yeah, I would choose. Wait, it was bull riding, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I would choose skydiving over bull riding for sure. I want to do both of these so badly, and I know that bull riding is so dangerous. Like you have one bad fall and you can like break your back. So I think I would try skydiving first. I have gone skydiving. I went in Vernon in the interior here when I was working there. I'm not gonna lie, you guys picked the right answer. It is the funniest thing you can do. But that second, there's like 10 seconds when they open the door and you're like leaning on the edge. You're just like, holy, because you're looking down and it's just like 3,000 meters or feet or whatever to the ground. And it's quite terrifying. But then once you get going, it's unbelievable. I covered the rodeo for two and a half years when I was living back in Alberta and I got up and close and personal with a couple of those bulls. I would want to try it. I'm going to go bull riding here and just hope I flung off far enough that I don't get curb stomped by the bull on my, as I'm still rolling around in the dirt. It looks pretty badass. They look fun. It, it looks dangerous, but it looks fun. Yeah. Okay. Would you rather be able to stop time or be able to fly? Definitely be able to fly. I think stopping time would be kind of cool because then if you're like doing something really cool, you could just stop time and experience it for a really long time. But to be able to fly, you could just go anywhere in the world that you wanted. And I think that would be really cool. This is a hard one. I think I think being able to fly would be very cool. Like as long as you could go like fast. Mm-hmm. If you could just like float around, I wouldn't want to do that. I'd rather stop time, but I feel like choose to fly probably. Yeah, if you can control how fast you go, I'm definitely flying. Like I, yeah. you'll never have to deal with another traffic jam or a speed limit ever again. You just get from A to B like so fast, it'd be great. Yeah, but you can still get tickets for like flying over uh, airports and stuff. Like the air control towers, they hate people with drones and all that stuff. So you still might have to watch out where you go. But I have some reservations about this question. First of all, if I'm stopping time, am I the only one that stops time? Is everyone else stopped in time with me? Like, what's the deal there? I knew you were going to get deep into this. Just overthinking it. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think everything's going to stop in time if it's just me. I think everything stops, and then you have like free movement, and you okay. can just like snap and like starts again. <laughs> I'm fly. choosing flying. I think flying is cool. I would just fly everywhere. Fair enough. Fair enough. I think everybody's oh, on the flight path. Would you rather be granted one wish today or three wishes and you get them 10 years from now? Oh, that one's kind of tough. I think. I would do the three wishes because there's not like a big thing in my life that I would wish for right now. So I'd rather wait. And then if in 10 years there's something that I really need and I need to wish for, then I still have it rather than making a wish now that I don't really need. Some good logic. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Uh, that is good, Ashton. But I would probably say <laughs> one wish because when I was little and never got asked this question, I would say if I could have one wish, I would wish for more wishes. So that's what I would do because then you could just like wish for however many wishes you wanted. And then maybe in 10 years you do want something else, but you would still have wishes for whatever you want in the future. You got something so in the bank. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's Liam, true. Are you a one wish or three wish guy? I'm going to follow Anna's lead on this one because we didn't include, like oftentimes I was asked the same thing as a kid, but everybody would be like, but you're the one. The one thing is you can't wish for more wishes. But we didn't include that, so I think I'm I'm wishing for more wishes now. So you're going with the one wish. One wish. Yeah. So you changed your answer already. No, I didn't change my answer about anything. You said uh, you were going with Ashton. No, I said I was going to Anna. I'm following Anna's lead. Oh, yeah. I'll, I'm blaming that one on my Wi-Fi connection. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go with the one wish. Get it over with today because this is a little bit of a dark answer. 
who knows where I'm going to be in 10 years, right? Like, I'd rather get the one wish, no, I have it now. And then, I mean, you just never know what's going to happen in 10 years and where I'll be. So I'll take it now and you guys will see you in 10 years. <laughs> okay, we got one last question and I don't know if there's going to be a ton of logic behind this one. This is going to be an interesting one to hear your guys' perspective on. Would you rather have bananas for fingers or bananas for toes? Um, I think I would probably choose... Oh, you, Ashton. <laughs> I would choose the toes because not as many people see your toes. So you can just put socks on and just live your life wearing socks when you're around people so they don't think you're really weird because you have bananas for toes. But, like, you use your hands for everything. So I feel like a lot of people would question why you have bananas for hands. True. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Like, you use your hands for literally everything that you do. If you had banana fingers it'd be hard to do like you couldn't play field hockey you couldn't do anything really i don't think you can really run with banana toes but But that's the thing are they are they toe size yeah that's what i was thinking are they toe size bananas or are they like full length bananas that make your foot like double the length instantly i'm gonna say they're like toe size bananas but are they squishy Mm -hmm. so when you step on them are they gonna squish and you're just gonna slip everywhere like in mario kart (laughs) Do they just regenerate if you squish your banana toes? I was going to ask that because if they're on my fingers, I'm just going to have snacks for the rest of my life. <laughs> just constant snacks. And you're just eating your fingers. Yeah, but if they grow back, whatever. So if they grow back, are you choosing banana fingers then? <laughs> yeah, I'll, then I'll get like one of those claw things that you just squeeze and it picks up like a cup or anything I need. I'll, I'll go banana fingers. Wow. Okay. I'm shocked by that. I'm definitely going banana toes for sure. Tyler and I talked a little bit about this before, and I, I think the only downside of banana toes is you can't wear flip-flops. You'll just be the weird person with banana toes. But I think I could, I could just get rid of my flip-flops. That'd be okay. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you guys for some great answers on Would You Rather. None of them had any correlation to field hockey. If we were to ask you, would you rather be playing this season or not be playing, I'm sure you'd rather say you would be playing for a third national championship. Does that sound right to you guys? Definitely. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> It's unfortunate we won't get to see either of you on the pitches here, but why don't we end this off by the two of you telling us something that you'll be focusing on with all this new time you'll have this upcoming season. I think I'll just focus on the little things. Like during the season, we do a lot of team stuff and team tactics and what we're going to do in certain situations. But I think it's important to also focus on stick skills and shooting and things like that, which we don't always do as much of in the real in like our season so I think that's an important aspect to focus on for me I agree with what Ashton's saying focus on the little things and I think just being disciplined and accountable is going to be really important just for myself and for our whole team Um, just because we don't have a season doesn't mean we can kind of take our foot off the gas and train any less with any less intensity than we would if we weren't going to have a season and just with I'm not sure how much free time we're going to have with school and everything, but just taking the time to still build our connections with our teammates. We have a lot of new recruits this year, so I think just making them feel welcome and fostering a positive team connection outside of the field will be really important as well. One thing I want to ask you guys before we let you go here, are Lynn and Krista going to give you guys another theme for the year? They haven't really Uh, told us yet. Yeah, we're going to have a theme. Okay. We don't know what it is, but we're, we will have one, yeah. That's awesome. That's really cool to hear. It's always exciting. It's like a new thing. It's like, what is our theme going to be? Because some of them in the past have been very interesting, and it's always fun to see what they come up with because they come up with something new every single year for every year they've been coaching. Yeah, and for Buzz, that's like 30-something years. So Yeah, that's a, lot a lot time. of themes. <laughs> a lot of themes. <laughs> I am incredibly jealous of the field hockey themed seasons, I must say. Tyler, you and I could do themes if you really want to. There's no way we could do it justice. Like, we could do it justice to what you guys do on the field hockey pitch. But, I mean, like, if they were looking for somebody to come up with a couple themes, we could throw some ideas around. Maybe you should ask them. You know, we should. They are only a couple doors down from me, so I'll knock (laughs) on their door one day and just see what they've got to offer. Pick their brains. (laughs) Anyways... Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Ashton. It was a pleasure having both of you on. Now, you mentioned that Krista ended uh, team meetings with three claps. I'm wondering, was it like a, a Friends theme song, three claps? Or was it like th- three different kind of claps? Let's end this with three claps. Three claps. Okay, all in a row. Ready? One, two, three. Beautiful. 
<laughs> I hope that was in sync. <laughs> awesome. Thank you both for joining us and thank you for giving some of us your time this evening. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you so much for having us on. Thanks once again to Ashton and Anna for giving us a bunch of their time this afternoon. We thank them and two fantastic, fantastic field hockey players, Liam. First, it was great to see them perform and great for them to win their championship. But we kind of touched on it. I want to talk a little bit more about it, how busy of a time it was for everyone. Those first 10, 11, 12, 13 days of November, three national championships. You played a huge role in planning all the events. How did you survive October and November? Oh, a lot of coffee, a lot of late nights at the office, and a lot of early mornings as well. I think something that really motivated me, though, and I I can say the same for my partner, Larissa, knowing that this was a really unique year for UVic and that we hadn't had the opportunity to host this many championships in such a concentrated time. But it really started to kick in when we'd be talking to coaches at these championships, and they were surprised to hear all the stuff that we were going through and dealing with, just in organizational terms. And then obviously you have the different bumps and the kinks that you work through as well. Tyler, what got you through it? Just putting one foot in front of another. Uh, I showed up early. I had tons of stuff on my plate and stayed late often just to make sure everything got done. But I would also just like to point out that the three of us, you, Larissa, and myself, were all, what, two or three months into the job at this point? Oh, yeah, very fresh. <laughs> and then it was, a, it was a lot to handle, but I think, like you said, a couple bumps along the way, but I think for the most part, we pulled it off. And obviously... U-Sports likes the product that the Vikes have put together for these national championships because recently it was announced that women's rugby 15s, the U-Sports national championship is going to be here in Victoria. So that's going to be a fantastic event as well. Exciting stuff. We've had the opportunity to host U-Sports rugby on the women's side here before. can't remember how long ago it was, but from what I've heard from that past event, it brought in so much cool community atmosphere. And uh, this is a really, obviously Victoria is a huge hub for rugby and it's only suiting that we hosted here. I believe that was 2016. We've hosted it twice, 2005 and 2016. Okay. Yeah. You'd be the guy to check on that. I know you probably have those facts. And hopefully this time we set the new personal best for a highest finish. We got two fifth place finishes. So hopefully we get a medal Mm -hmm. and bring home a medal if we don't already have one by then. Yeah. You know what I think we should start doing? This is kind of irrelevant, but a little relevant. You know how Duncan, we mentioned, has a giant hockey stick? I think yes. for every national championship we host, we should try and get a giant piece of sports equipment related to that sport. So this year, okay. I think we needed a giant rowing oar. That's what they're called, right? Oars? Yeah. Yep. A giant field hockey stick and mm-hmm. uh, a giant soccer ball. And we can just start like popping them up on Carsa. What about a giant speedo for swimming? Giant Speedo. Yeah, <laughs> I think we could do that. Or, or a giant pair of goggles. But you know what? You said Speedo, so let's roll with that. I think goggles would be a little bit more engaging for the community. You know, you can you wouldn't be ashamed of taking a selfie in front of a giant pair of goggles like you would. Uh, you know, like a purple and green. Those you know, speedos they have funky colors. You gotta have uh, fun with it. What do you think of that idea? Do you think in, in twenty was it twenty twenty two we're gonna have rugby? Yes. So what would we get there? What would be our giant piece of memorabilia or whatever you'd want to call it, a statue? I think it's got to be a rugby ball, but it's got to be a, like a life, like a real material, but just massive. Mm-hmm. If you had enough people, you could pick it up and throw it around. Definitely sounds like we have the budget for that too. So that's fantastic. Yep. I know that <laughs> we probably have some money in the tank for that. <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously rugby's some big news, but I feel like Tyler, there's got to be something you got in your chest. I know that you mentioned that you wanted to throw an absolute heater into the outro. So let's hear what you got. <laughs> Yeah, well, here it is. Guess what, Liam? I got a new job. What? Yeah, I'm starting up my own company. Don't worry, podcast is still going to be going on. I'm still going to work for the Vikes. This is just something on the side. Okay. But just so you know, TTC Lawn Care is up and running in Kamloops, BC. TTC, Tyler Twins and Company. Do you have a brother? Brother Brother-in-law, Tyler, Tyrone, and Cammie Lawn Care. It's a I know you don't know this, Lim, because you're not from Kamloops, but there's a really big sports complex here called the TCC, the Tournament Capital Center, okay. because 
Kamloops, as you should know, is the tournament capital of Canada. And so this is kind of play on words. It's a TTC lawn care, and we'll make your front and back lawn look real nice. Is this why you've been fixing up a bunch of lawnmowers in your spare time recently? You're absolutely right. So what TTC lawn care provides is I will clean the carburetors for your lawnmower because if you go take them in here to the, like the small motors place, you're looking at least a two to four week window to, and you're going to be out at least 75 bucks for something that I can do in my garage in a half hour. So wait, is this a lawnmower repair company or are you going out and mowing people's lawns? Oh wait, there's more. Uh, no, but I'm, I'm not good. You got to cut your own grass. I'm not doing the grass part, but what TTC lawn care offers is we will install in ground sprinkler system for you and have it set up and have it working nice. And so all the zones are having nice overlap. So every inch of your lawn gets hit with some water and living out here in the warm, dry interior. That's something you're going to want if you got a front yard and a backyard. So tell me more about where this business idea came from. Okay, well, we were inspired to do it because uh, we installed in-ground sprinklers in our front and backyard not too long ago, a couple weeks ago. And Tyrone, one of the three members of TTC Lawn Care, he's a some kind of like a water management guy with the, the TNRD, the, that's the Thompson-Nicola Regional District here in Kamloops. And so he's like this big water nerd. He knows how to hook everything up and all the pipes. And so he's the brains behind it. And he can get the parts... For like our sprinkler system, it's not cheap. It was like 1200 bucks for just the parts. And so that's what we paid. We did all the labor ourselves. And then our neighbor here, got to give a shout out to my man, Jerry. He's like, oh, you know, I would love, I'd love for you guys to throw that in my front yard and my backyard. And so if we charge him 2000 or 2500 maybe give him a discount because he's a nice guy and a neighbor, he's still going to save at least 1500 to 2000 bucks if you would have went to like a, one of these other companies here in town, because they're going to run you at least like 3,500 to 4,000 to put that in. So TTC lawn care, we can do that for much cheaper than that. Wow. This is a, this is a good business model. So you're uh, leveraging the fact that you're a low cost option and uh, yes. three nice guys. will come. Uh, oh, two nice guys and a girl. Easy. Okay. Nice. Well, maybe you'll get some nice lemonades from some people whose lawns you're fixing up. Maybe they'll stop by, give you a nice glass of lemonade. Yeah. Yeah. We work for lemonade or other drinks too. Anything like that. And I'm just curious, I don't want to like step on the UVic Alumni Association, but maybe we're a subtle, like low key sponsor for the podcast too. Yeah. I think if you toss in a couple bucks, we can probably get <laughs> sponsored by TTC Lawn Care in one of our games. Maybe one of our segments that we could make a repeat segment. I'd be into that. Yeah, well, we haven't, I haven't cleaned one carburetor that isn't my own yet. And we haven't installed any sprinklers that aren't my own yet. So once we get business going, but check us out on Kijiji. We're uh, strictly cash and we'll come fix up your lawn. You guys going to be selling any merch? Let me know when you get some trucker hats made. You definitely have to get some kind of a snapback and like a, a tank top. A tank top. I thought you were going to say golf shirt. No, no, no. We don't want the, we don't want the farmer tan. That's not attractive. Yeah. You want the tank top tan instead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You don't want the farmer tan. You want the tank burn. That's what you're going to get. Yeah. So I know we have listeners in Kamloops because we've spoken with a couple of Kamloops people on the pod. So we'll, you know, Kamloops area, we could do a day trip out to Vernon, but that's going to cost you a little bit more Kelowna and that's going to be a little bit more too. So just keep us in mind, find us on Kijiji. Hey, you know what? A good business model is a good business model. And uh, I've got faith that if you got the right brains behind the operation, you guys will make it happen. So congratulations on the new business, Tyler. And to your fellow TTC Lawn Care Associates. I appreciate it. I'll pass along the message. Thank you. Amazing. Well, uh, I don't have any any business news to update anybody on. So I think we should maybe call the podcast uh, at that with some exciting news today. Our second piece of breaking news ever on this show. <laughs> yeah. So Tyler, if people like what they're listening to, what can they do? And I'm not talking about TTC here. I'm talking about giving right, advice. Right. Okay. I'm going to try and keep the two entities separate here. Well, if they like what they listen to, give us a nice rating, give us a five-star review. That's the same thing as rating and hit subscribe. We need to get those numbers up and we're always open to suggestions on who you want to hear from next, or if you loved hearing someone and you want us to have a, another conversation with them, we can do that too. 
Love it. I'm curious to hear if people actually listen to these outros. So if you're listening to this right now and you like the outros, how about you drop a little comment giving us a personalized comment about how good the outros are? Or what about this, Liam? Like it's 2020 now, like leaving comments is tiresome for some people. How about just throw down like a 100 emoji if if you've made it this far into the podcast? Love it. I think that's nice and simple. I don't know if leaving a comment is tiresome, but a hundred emoji is a lot simpler. I dig it. Millennials, you just never know. You can't rely on them for too much these days. True, very true. We'll we'll see you next time on Give and Go Vikes. Till then, make sure your lawns are nice and mowed and cared for. Thanks for listening to the Give and Go Vikes podcast, supported by the Uvic Alumni Association.